Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of The Possibility Podcast. I am Mel Schwartz, the author of The Possibility Principle, which is the companion to this podcast. My work as a therapist, as an author, as a speaker is entirely devoted to bringing possibilities into my life and your life. I've learned that a new way of thinking opens up and actualizes possibility and makes life exciting and fun. Before we lead into today's episode, I've been asked often to share a bit about myself. Well, where do I live? Since the pandemic for over two years, I've been living on the eastern end of Long Island in what is currently known as the Hamptons. The winters are long and cold, dreary, and mid-spring into late fall are just absolutely delightful. I grew up in Brooklyn, lived there until I was five. Then we moved to Queens, which at that time seemed very, very rural. I've lived in Manhattan on and off a number of times, Westchester County, and a big bulk of my life has been in Westport, Connecticut. Now to today's episode. I read an article recently in the Times searching for the cause of the increase in teen suicide. As you may know about me, I get kind of irate and impatient when we look for a single cause and our minds become reductive as we narrow down looking into a narrowing funnel. We miss so much that we need to see. So I took a look at that article and thought, what if we look at this differently? What's missing in our lives? in adolescents' lives and in teens' lives that may be leading them to despair, loss of meaning, purpose, and having them give up on their lives. I try to always look at the bigger, bigger picture. I've long believed, and it has been my experience as a therapist, that when people, adolescents, teenagers in particular, have a sense of meaning and purpose in their life, why am I here? Kind of a spiritual grounding, which doesn't mean religious, it means I'm connected to other people. I have empathy, compassion, caring, and there is a meaning and purpose in my life. They tend to fare well. And the type of people I just described would be most unlikely to be in such pain as to take their own lives. I have found that people who have curiosity and wonder don't typically feel depressed and don't feel as anxious which are major contributors to suicide. But let's just look at the way we live now. When I was a child, we had just a few TV stations and not many individual diversions. We operated through better or worse as a family. We were connected. Now, people have separate rooms, separate meals, separate devices. That starts to set up a problem of loss of connection. In everyone's life, and including ours, we need to ask ourselves, what is really important? Let's take a look at what happens in childhood and adolescence to extremes that are creating many, many problems. I see childhood, early adolescence and adolescence as a complete loss of what is necessary in their earlier years in life, when I see children just past the age of babies being 
overscheduled and regimented toward being successful and achieving and competing with each other socially, academically, athletically, I see it as absolutely tragic. There's a loss of imagination, a loss of downtime. You know, downtime, play, unscheduled time is an absolutely essential developmental part of maturing and becoming whole with yourself. How often do young people any longer have downtime? And in that downtime that's not scheduled is where curiosity and wonder arise. You need the space between the scheduled events to evoke wonder and curiosity. Let's talk just a bit about competing. There is an expression, always do your best. Let's take a look at that. If I have to always do my best, emphasis on the word always, wouldn't that be a compulsion? Anytime you always have to do something, that's compulsive. Always having to do your best drives us out of a healthy relationship with ourselves. Ask yourself, should I always have to do my best or should I be my best? And being my best means I have resilience. I have compassion. I have empathy. I'm at peace. I began to think differently about all of this when my younger son, Alex, who is now in his mid-30s, came home one day with a disappointing report card. I think maybe he was in fifth grade. And I gave him the typical speech. And Alex said to me, hey, dad, I'm just a kid. My grades don't count yet. Would you let me have some fun? And when I get older and my grades do count, I promise I'll be focused and serious. It was such wisdom in what he said to me. I paused, I reflected, and I said, okay, that makes sense. By the way, he's enormously competent and successful. Now, suicide occurs across the board amongst kids who are in high-achieving, successful, academically-driven families, and also families that are not high-achieving, middle-income, or working-class families. But they have something in common. It's the measuring and the comparing. If you don't do well in school and your grades are low, you're measuring and comparing yourself against those who do better. But the drive for success equals what I call other esteem. In other words, if I can feel good about myself because I'm a valedictorian or I have a perfect 4-0 average, any drop from that level of success means what? I no longer feel good about myself. There is undoubtedly a correlation between suicide and self-esteem, self-worth. So, suicide appears on either end of the spectrum. Be highly driven, number one student in your school. That creates what I call other esteem. There's a question of who am I? Am I okay? The high-achieving athletes, the high-achieving academic students may paradoxically be at greater risk of suicide. Who are they if they don't achieve? Many years ago, I was working with a young man who was a nationally seeded tennis player. Out of curiosity, I asked him, do you ever play any other sports? He said, no, I wasn't really good at anything else, or I wasn't really excellent. So what would be the purpose? I was stunned. The purpose would be play, fun. I shared with him that I played baseball and loved baseball when I was a young man. At best, I was average or a little better than average. It wasn't about excelling. It was about having fun, connected, trying to win, enjoying teammates, 
These qualities have been lost in our lives. As a culture, we're having an existential issue around how we live. What do we value? There's a loss of meaning and there is a loss of purpose. And this has had a profound impact on our lives and our children's lives. So going back to suicide, meaning and purpose are essential in being able to live lives that make sense. Why am I here? What am I doing with my life? I find that when I work with young people, high school students in particular, or late middle school students, what I'm doing often isn't therapy. What I'm doing is life philosophy, addressing issues that have never been discussed. Why am I here? What is my purpose in my life? What is this all about? We need to start with the biggest picture first. Why am I here? What does it mean to have a meaningful, prosperous life? And prosperous here doesn't simply mean financially. It means emotionally and in terms of connecting with others and connecting with ourselves. We can't connect with others and we can't connect with ourselves if connecting is no longer important. If achieving, measuring, competing are the core values, the results are depression, unhappiness, and at the extreme, suicide. We need to be able to embrace deeper values in regard to our lives. So if you're a parent listening to this and you have concern for your children's well-being or even at the extreme concerns about are they at risk, ask yourself, am I asking them deeper, meaningful questions? Not just how did you do on that test? Are you doing everything you can in your college application? Or what are the jobs you're applying for? What are they paying you? These are all important questions, but they're out of balance when we drive ourselves and our children to simply successfully achieve. We lose the quality of being human, having meaning, downtime, play, connection. These problems are impacting our culture as a whole. I know the news focuses on the political divide, fake news, absence of truth, two vastly different worldviews. But there is also a deeper fundamental issue, which is the loss of meaning and purpose in our lives. Humor, wonder, curiosity, asking each other, what do you think about this? Did you ever wonder? Playfulness. These are the elements that I experienced in my childhood. We need to bring these qualities back into our lives to prosper emotionally. And they are the core of self-esteem. When self-esteem, authentic self-esteem, not just feeling good about yourself because of your achievements. Remember, that can be other esteem. Not feeling good about yourself because you're popular. That's other esteem. Self-esteem, authentic, is how do I feel about myself? Am I happy? to be me. Those need to be the primary motivations in life. When we tend to those things, suicide should retreat to being an aberration, being the exception. And that's still horrific. But these increasingly frightful numbers of suicide need to be attended to by looking at the deeper underlying issues, not just COVID, not just social media, but what does it mean to be a human being? And how am I choosing to live my life? And how am I choosing to parent my children? And what are the questions I am asking them? 
I hope that today's episode provoked some new thought and consideration, provided you with some new insights in regard to parenting and some curiosity and some wonder. If you enjoyed the episode and you are a regular listener to the podcast, I'd appreciate your providing a review and a rating on whatever platform you listen to my podcast on. I welcome your comments. Please send me any questions or comments you may have to mel at melschwartz.com. And as always, I look forward to connecting with you again shortly. Be well.